there, ladies. Welcome to In the Nitty Gritty, a podcast dedicated to women entrepreneurs who are juggling work, kids, relationships, and everything else nitty gritty. You're about to join conversations that speak to all the hats we juggle as we navigate this road of life as gracefully as we can. Wearing our favorite leggings, a messy bun with mascara and lip gloss on, we are holding our sippy cup filled with coffee that keeps us running to all the things so we can enjoy those little moments that make this crazy journey oh so worth it. Life is busy and full and messy, rewarding, challenging, ugly, scary, and so not perfect. But the dreams we have are vividly wild, and we are going to make them our reality. So hoosh up your leggings, ladies, grab your coffee, and let's get real. And now, your host, Melissa Rose, who says her ex is unbelievable because she likes to stay positive. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In the Nitty Gritty. How are you guys? I hope you are well, and I am so thankful to be in your ears again this week. And if you are new, I welcome you. I am having a blast with the podcast, and I am so excited to introduce you to this wonderful guest. But before we do that, I want to dive in to a listener shout out. These are my favorite, and I always want to highlight you guys first. So in the nitty gritty, this is Alicia1015. She says, I love the nitty gritty. Thanks, Melissa, for sharing weekly nuggets of the good, the bad of business ownership, motherhood, and life. Listening to the podcast is a nice break to my busy day. Thank you. And thank you so much, Alicia, for leaving that very nice review. I know you guys are busy, and that's why these episodes are short, sweet, and to the point, because let's face it, we are busy juggling all the hats. I want to invite you guys over to my private Facebook group, In the Nitty Gritty for Boss Babes. This is a private group where I come in weekly to share with you tips, tools, and strategies to grow your business. There are things that I've learned that I think you might find helpful as well. And it's also a collaboration of other business owners helping each other, encouraging each other, and supporting each other. So if that sounds like something you want to be part of, I invite you to come on over into the Nitty Gritty for Boss Babes on Facebook. And if you come on in, I have a special gift just for you. All right, guys, we're going to dive in with this awesome interview with Jennifer Tell. She is a dance studio owner, so she's a colleague of mine, and she's in Minnesota, Forest Lake, Minnesota. I met Jennifer in probably like 2003 or so, okay? I do know I was pregnant, so... Yeah, so it must have been like 2002 or so. And she opened her studio in 1999, and she has grown this thriving dance studio. And she's also added some really fun, unique spokes to the wheel of studio ownership. And I love them. They're out of the box, and she has just gone for it and thought creatively. And you're going to hear her story and how she grew her studio and added these other layers to her business and just get a feel for this wonderful woman and how she is a great mama and a wife and how she juggles it all. She gives some great wisdom, and I I am so excited for you guys to meet the lovely Jennifer Tell. everybody. We're here with Jennifer Tell, and I'm so excited to have her because she has been a friend since I moved to the area. So about 20 years, I've known you, Jen, and we've been able to work in different capacities. And it's just fun that we still get to mentor each other and encourage each other and support each other. And we're both dance studio owners. So, so excited to have you here on the Nitty Gritty. Thanks, Jen. 
You're welcome. Super excited to be here. I always ask my people this first question. So what did you want to be when you grew up, Jen? You were going to get a good laugh out of this one. I didn't have to think um, very hard about this one. So when I was a kid, even though I grew up dancing, I was a total tomboy. So I, you know, I'd be in my leotard one minute and then I'd be climbing trees and jumping out of them the next minute and shooting hoops on the driveway. But I loved football. So NFL football, I was totally into it. And I I remember sitting on Sundays with my dad, making him teach me everything about the game. So every play, every penalty, I knew all the teams, I had the brackets. I mean, I was into it. And so I thought that I was going to be the first girl NFL player. And so I had my own Nerf football and I thought, well, you know, I can't really tackle because I'm a girl, but I could be a punter. And so I'd be kicking that ball in the backyard dreaming about my big moment. So that, that lasted probably till I was about 10. And then I realized that that probably isn't going to happen, but it was a, it was a big dream of mine. And I got really good at kicking a football. (laughs) Okay. So for those of you that don't know, Jen, she's like, how tall are you, Jen? I'm five, nine. Okay. Well, she seems taller to me, but I'm kind of short. (laughs) I was going to say like five, 11, but (laughs) daddy long legs. So yeah, punted a football. Absolutely. Oh, funny. So it's funny that you, well, you at least started with kicking and you're still kind of kicking up your legs. Might've helped my flexibility a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So tell our listeners how you got started with your business and your journey in your business world. So, um, like I said, I started dancing, you know, when I was a kid, like six years old and, you know, really enjoyed that all through my childhood. I have really great memories growing up just about, you know, the teamwork, the sense of family, the performing. I just loved everything about dance. But when I got to college, I decided to be practical and I got a business degree. And even though I took dance classes all through college and I was a Vikings cheerleader, still, I still remained um, in the dance world. I just thought I needed to be practical and I needed to get a steady job with benefits and do that whole stable traditional life thing. But that didn't last very long because I got really bored with being an accountant. It was not for me at all. So I started teaching community ed dance classes on the side just for some extra money and just to kind of do something that I liked more than accounting. And I realized through doing that that I was good at it. I didn't feel like I was good at my accounting job. I just felt like I went to work every day. I just chugged out the work and went home and didn't feel fulfilled at all. But when I would go to teach these community ed classes, I just came home on a high I love the parents. I love the kids. I just really got a lot out of it. So that kind of got the ball rolling and me thinking that maybe this could be a career. I did a lot of research and I remember presenting this. I wasn't married at the time. Um, I was dating my husband who had just also opened opened a business. So he was super supportive, but I still felt like I needed my parents' approval. So I remember um, doing all this research, you know, what insurance do I need? You know, where am I going to open? Just everything you need, business 101, opening a business 101. And I took this big binder over to my parents' house and I said, "I, I need to have a meeting with you. I mean, they probably thought, I was pregnant or <laughs> going to jail or something. I don't know. But uh, I presented this big this big binder to them. And I just remember they were, you know, now as a parent, I understand like being proud of your child. Like that was the look in their eyes. Like, wow, like this is amazing. Like you need to go for it. You need to do this. We're totally behind you. So that kind of got the ball rolling. And from there, I just did a lot of research on on how to open and where to open. And, you know, 1999 came along and and we did it. Opened our first dance studio and I think we had 90 kids, which was a lot at the time for me to manage just all by myself. But that's kind of how it came to life. 
you have your studio, but you have done some great things, adding some more scopes into your studio. So it's not just dance lessons. Can you talk about that? Because I love it, how you've used that platform of your dance studio, and then you've created some other offshoots of business or revenue for you. In 2016, one of my longtime dance teachers, Claire, her and I brainstormed about how we could create a dance event that would be really unique. Our studio had been doing dance competitions for years, and we really loved doing dance competitions, but there's a side of it that we we didn't like so much. Just, you know, anytime there's competition, there can be a little bit of ugliness that goes along with it. So we wanted to create a space where dancers could come together and just share the love of dance without worrying about, you know, what their costume looks like or what their hair looks like or what their score is going to be and who, you know, what other studios are at the competition. We wanted to eliminate that stress and just create a space where they could come and dance and learn and get feedback. And Melissa, actually, you've been an integral part of that business as well. It's called the Innovate Dance event. We run it once a year and studios come perform routines on stage for critiques and feedback, which Melissa helps us with. And she's done a great job. We do masterclasses. We have an educational topic every year. The kids get to learn about nutrition, about self-esteem, volunteering, all sorts of different topics. And then we also do community service, which is a big part of the events as we give back to the community. So the kids do certain service projects and we donate the items to local charities. So that's my, that's one of my other businesses, Innovate Dance Event. And then my husband and I just created a company called Val Student Evaluations, and that launched in the winter of 2019. And the story behind Val, so for my dance studio, we'd always done evaluations for our students. And it was really tedious, you know, writing out 300 and some dance evaluations every year. My teachers hated it. I hated it. (laughs) The parents valued the feedback. And so we, over the years, tried to create different ways of doing it. And we just couldn't find a way that was time effective and that didn't make us all want to pull our hair out. So one day, about three years ago, I was sitting at the kitchen table working on my evaluations on a spreadsheet and copying and pasting hundreds of spreadsheets to parents for these evaluations. And I was complaining to my husband, I mean, he's in marketing and he creates websites and user experiences for companies. And he looked at it and he said, gosh, I think we could we could do something with this. Like we could create this together. And I thought he was joking. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of work. (laughs) And he said, no, I really think we could, let's let's explore this idea. Let's talk about it. And so over a three-year period, we started talking about it. We started developing it. We developed a prototype. We ran some focus groups with studio owners who gave us really good feedback. We hired a couple of programmers who could actually create the product. And then we launched it last January. And it's called, like I said, Val Student Evaluations. It's just a really easy way for you to evaluate your dance students. We're hoping to to expand into sports, gymnastics, soccer, swimming, karate, anywhere that you could evaluate students, that's where we'd like to expand to. So right now we're just with dance, but eventually we're going to be expanding into other other areas. I just love it. I love how you've taken the platform of dance and and created more spokes into your business. So I'm sure there's lots of stories and lots of pivots and stuff. Was there a moment where maybe, maybe a really like, I got to do something different or I got to pivot a little bit, or was there a struggle? Tell us a moment where you're facing confusion and you had clarity that we could learn from and glean from. So I opened in 99, got married in 2001, and then we had our first child in 2004. And you know, from 1999 to 2004, it was pretty much 
it was a very small operation. It was myself teaching most of the classes and then, you know, two or three other teachers here and there. So really I did everything, you know, I cleaned the studio. I did the books. I did the marketing. I did everything. And those few teachers just taught classes and everything was in my head. Right. So I didn't have policies written down. I didn't have procedures. I just had everything in my head because I can do it and I can run it. And, and we were growing like crazy. I had a couple of overflow spots because we kept, we were growing out of our current spot. And so it, it was starting to get overwhelming. So then after I had my first child, I tried to take a maternity leave, which never happened. I was constantly being interrupted and having to put fires out and be working while I was really supposed to be enjoying my child. So I didn't change anything. I just kept grinding along. And then we had our second baby a year and a half after that. So just right away, just look, get these kids out. And my daughter had a couple of medical problems to begin with. So then we had the stress of appointments and different things for her. And still I hadn't written anything down, no policies. My business had continued to grow. I had a few more employees and the weight of all of that was starting to really get to me. And I wasn't enjoying my children when I knew I should be like, this is the only time they're going to be little. And I remember sitting in my office, which was in our bedroom at the time, holding my infant while my toddler is like running circles around me. And I looked at my husband and I just said, something's got to give here. I have to do something different. Like I cannot do this. It's not fun anymore. I'm starting to resent it. I can't spend any time with my children. At the same time that we had that conversation, I got this flyer in the mail, this super cheesy flyer that I had gotten probably a hundred times before that I tossed in the garbage, like marketing, you know, just some scam. But this time I read it and it was a coaching group of dance studio owners. And I read through it and I went on the website and I looked it over and had another conversation with my husband. I said, I need to do this. I'm going to Chicago and I'm going to go to this seminar and I'm going to get my, you know what, together. And he's like, go for it. We'll get a babysitter. Go for it. So I went to this conference with hundreds of studio owners and I just sat there in awe, like, oh my gosh, there are other people that feel the same way as me that are also struggling and have you know, children that they're not spending time with and feel like they have everything in their head and they can't communicate that with their employees to help them. And they're not so tied down to their business that they can't take a break. That's how I was feeling. So absorbed just so much information from this seminar and went home and just dug into creating policies and actually typing things into the computer. You would think that sounds easy, but um, at the time it just was foreign to me. Like, well, I already know how to do it. So I should, do I need to write it down? And from there, that was my pivot. That was my pivot. Like my goal is to be able to step away from this business for a week with my family to go on a vacation and not have anyone call me, anyone bother me. The fires will be put out by my staff and, and I'll have my life back. And so that's what happened. So I put the work in, I trained my employees, the policies that started back in, that was in 2005, some of them still are the policies today. And I've taken more vacations, you know, in that 15 years than I ever thought I could, because just just a simple pivot. It wasn't hard. It was, it seemed like a no brainer, but at the time when I was in that, like, I'm so overwhelmed, I don't even know what to do right now. It seemed like a huge mountain to climb, like an impossible one. You said so much there. There are so many aspects, even from that coaching group that kept mailing stuff. Like they just kept mailing and they kept mailing and they kept mailing. They were on it. They kept on it. So that's a lesson right there. Just keep on, keep showing up because your person is there. 
And then you were ready. It wasn't that it wasn't there and you just hit a point. And then the importance of coaching and getting an outside perspective to help guide you because you don't even know what you don't know. Is, is that what you kind of felt like? I don't even know where to start and, and to write things out They're in your head. And it just, for us seems so logical. But when I coach with my clients who are working with employees, that is the biggest struggle because so much of it is in our head and we don't realize how intuitive that is for us. And when they're on the outside to get that on paper and be so clear. So that is where I am too, with my business, getting stuff out of my head, getting it into policies, getting it into systems so that yes, we can step away. And have you had a coach ever since or how has that worked with you? Yeah. So that, you know, I'm not a part of that group anymore, but I was for a long time and I got out of it exactly what I needed for that time in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really important staple. You know, I would travel a couple of times a year. I would get on conference calls and I think just the bigger takeaway from that, that first experience is to always have a network of people that you align with that support you. And maybe the group of people that I started with after some time, I needed to evolve into a different group of people, you know, just as my business evolved. So, so I did eventually then transition to another coaching group and kind of found my people again. Like I said, the biggest takeaway is have your people around you. And, and sometimes those people that are in my coaching group, maybe I don't connect with them all the time. And I connect with maybe some of my local owners who I align with, you know, just having that support in a couple of different places is, has really been important. And I've been able to learn just as much from, you know, this group over here than I did from, you know, group number one. When people talk about Jennifer Tell, one of the compliments I hear often is that, you know, your weaknesses and you aren't afraid to ask for help. And I think that is such a great leader when we can ask those around us. Sometimes we don't know our weaknesses. That's why a coach or a mentor is so great. But then when we do know, we're asking for that and finding help to do that. And I hear that about you a lot, that you just you dive into to getting people to help you where you know you need the help. And that's that's a great thing. My staff kind of jokes about that because actually we just had a meeting the other day where we were talking about rescheduling something and right away my um, assistant director started laughing and I knew why she was laughing because that's not my thing. Doing the the really detailed schedules, not my thing. And whenever I try to do it, I always end up overlooking something really, really big. And so she just laughed at me. She, before I even asked her to do it, she goes, yep, I got it. <laughs> yep. You know me, not my thing, not my jam. So and that's good. Your big picture. We need those people to help us with those details. Okay. So what nitty gritty, Jen, are you dealing with right now? Whether it's parenting or partners or, or business, it can be anything, but what nitty gritty are you like, Oh, help me. You know, I I'm going to give you the predictable answer because of, of the time that we're in, but it, but it's the honest, honest truth is that uh, this coronavirus situation is just really testing me in so many different ways. And it's shown me where I think there's strength in my life. And it's also shown me where like I could break at any moment. Um, and I'd say that that's, you know, I, I believe my business is strong, but I think unpredictability for me is really hard because I'm kind of a type A person. I like to know when things are going to happen. I'm very linear in that way. So with all of this unknown, it's really rocking my world. I and mean, every day I wake up and I have to really force myself to you know, practice some self-care and be present with my family and not let it not run away with it. Because I think that if I didn't check myself, I would be 
you know, huddled in a corner, you know, crying, asking myself how the heck I'm going to run a business where kids are in close contact of each other. You know, what I've found is a blessing, I guess this really wasn't your question, but is how strong my family is, which has been really refreshing. I thought, oh my gosh, all of us in one house, I have two children, you know, my husband and I working in the same house with my two children homeschooling, how the heck, like I always value my, my alone time, my work from home alone time, but we've been, we've been rocking it. We've been doing great. And we have so much empathy, I think for each other with what we're all dealing with individually. You know, I know my kids are feeling a lot of loss. I know my husband is, he actually wants to be in the office. He doesn't want to be at home. He likes the office. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's dealing with, you know, a lot of that as well. And a lot of worry for my business, but it's really shown me how strong we are. So that's been a blessing, but, but the nitty gritty is really like, man, you know, how am I going to reinvent this business to survive this? And that's an ongoing struggle every day. I have to just get myself up and kick myself in the butt and say, all right, stop complaining and whining. What am I going to do today to make a difference for these kids? How am I going to connect with them? How am I going to tell parents it's going to be okay and move on? Is there a mom wisdom nugget that you could share with us? I would say just take care of yourself. Whenever I don't take care of myself, I'm not a very good mom. So I get up every morning and I meditate and I make sure I force myself to do it. Even if there, even if I wake up with a thousand thoughts in my head and lists of things I need to get done, I wake up and I, you know, if people are out in the kitchen, I'll lock myself in the bedroom and do 10 minutes of meditation and just visualization. I always make sure I exercise every day. I know that sounds really... <laughs> silly, but it really gets me, it gets my mind into a good place. And then for all the moms, especially if you're young moms, take that time to spend with your kids, be present. Don't let your, your business or, you know, other things in your life take over that, that time being present with your kids. Cause I've done it so many times and I regret that, you know, I regret all the times that I was on a work call when I, you know, really should have been present with my children. Um, and kind of making a cutoff too. Like I made a cutoff with my email. I only check email in the morning once a day, unless it's an emergency that I see come through that I need to get to. I only answer email once a day. Otherwise I'd be answering it all day long. You know, as my kids are trying to ask me a question or tell me about their day and I'm like, oh, hold on, I'm answering an email. So just, just being, and being deliberate, you know, with your family, you know, we try to schedule family time because we have to schedule it, especially with two teenagers who are busy and you know, in activities and want to be wanting to be with their friends. We have to be deliberate about scheduling family time because I just noticed, and you probably have two with some older kiddos in your house that, you know, I count the years like, Oh, I have like three more summers and they're gone. And wow. That just really hits me when I think about it that way, that like I have to take these moments and be deliberate about everything I do in my life to make sure that I don't regret not spending time with my kids. So that was awesome advice. I love it. You're a great leader, Jen, and it's clear with your family. You have a tight family unit and it's just cool to see. I've seen your daughter dance and I've seen your relationship with your daughter and your husband all working together. And it's just a great thing to see. And it's fun to watch you as a leader and a business owner. So I am so thankful to have you on the podcast. And I know our listeners are going to get so much out of your interview. So thanks for sharing your time. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. All right. Peace guys. See you next week. Hey there, guys, real quick. If you are loving the podcast, could you do me a huge favor? Would you rate and review this podcast so other people could find it? That is the best way for people to find more about In the Nitty Gritty. Thanks so much. Peace.